0: everybody welcome back in to mining stock daily more market commentary today this is actually a follow-up from a conversation we had with the daily golds jordan royburn jordan i think it was last week or two weeks ago i can't remember without going back to the calendar because you know we publish so much content each week uh but we were laughing i've got to give you credit man it's been a it's been a tough tumultuous uh couple of months here in junior mining but you finally got one right when you got the gold call short-term gold call
1: yeah, well uh the law I guess the law of odds and averages <laughs> starting to work out in my favor.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. But we don't know the more times you say things are going to happen, the longer you take that the longer you can say that, the odds are it does happen. So <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. But let's talk about this move that we're seeing or we saw in precious metals the last couple of days. Um, you know, obviously if you look at that long term downward trend line which gold tried to test a number of times finally broke through the last couple days and not only did it break through once but we also had a little bit of follow through uh, yesterday good to see uh you know i guess kind of as you were watching this what are some things that you were paying attention to other than that breakout what else is kind of percolating uh, on your charts of interest here
1: that's a really good question. I would say one thing is silver around the $22 level hasn't quite got there yet. Uh, that's going to be an area of really, really strong resistance. Um, in addition to that, the the stock market, because for you know, this little pop that we've seen, you know, the stock market has, I mean, it hasn't fallen, but it hasn't really gone along with precious metals. So that's a good sign. We definitely want to see precious metal strength, uh, that uh, in the face of stock market weakness or at least the stock market not really moving higher. Um, so like a
0: decoupling, you want it to decouple. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know if this is the start of a full decoupling. I mean, I think we will get one eventually. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think we, we've gotten good follow through and looking at the chart setups. I mean, the short term daily chart setups, um, there's more upside here uh, potentially in the sector. So I I, I think the odds of a move higher now into, you would say at least Christmas or year end. I mean, the odds look pretty good to me. Uh, There are some setups here where we could continue to see a push higher in this sector. How about kind of
0: deciphering between the majors and the mid caps and the juniors, you know, kind of looking at, some of the the charts from the big gold producers, Barracks, Newmont, uh, Anglo Gold. It's interesting here because obviously they got a big push higher in the last couple days. But they're still kind of trading on the upper side of these ranges they've been in for the last, I would say, probably couple months. Uh, it, would that be a sign? If we can bust out of that range and maybe lead gold, obviously that would be pretty bullish, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the the miners have been leading gold, and I mean, looking at, at least looking at GDX and GDXJ, I mean, I think they have broken out of these ranges. I mean, they may come back a little bit, but if you're looking at the closes yesterday uh, in the Huey, GDX, GDXJ, I mean, even SIL, SILJ, the silver stocks, um, these are basically the highest closes since, uh, I want to say, around the middle of August. So almost three-month highs in the sector, Um, and I I think there's, if you look at these setups, there's potential for this move to go a little bit further uh, up to the 200-day moving averages, I think, uh, in GDX and GDXJ especially. But I, I think talking about the juniors, because you're getting to something that's very important, and this is something that I've been noticing in the last couple of weeks, is that while we look at the indices here, you know, Huey, GDX, GDXJ, et cetera. Technically, they're looking better. You know, they've kind of been building these bases, these bottoming patterns. And at the same time, various individual juniors here and there, you know, we've been seeing they've been kind of weak. Then there's a day where they drop and there's, you know, huge volume. And so I, I think we've kind of seen in individual juniors, we're seeing tax loss selling, Uh, We're seeing, you know, in some cases, some large shareholders in those companies are capitulating. And so in some, I'm not saying this is true for every junior against the larger indices, but there's a lot of evidence that there's kind of been a dichotomy. And I think that um, eventually is going to fade. And eventually the juniors are going to, you know, like they normally do, they'll follow GDX, GDXJ. You know, they'll probably lag a little bit. But what I'm getting at is, that's an opportunity in these juniors i'm not saying every junior but i mean if there's a junior that you like a lot it's cashed up you know the fundamentals are good uh but the stock hasn't quite you know it hasn't quite moved yet you're not sure if it's bottomed yet it looks weak uh, and part of that could be for tax loss selling and there's just a big holder there that's bailing out of a position i mean if you're in newmont or barrack i mean a big holder selling that's not going to make that big of an impact in those stocks so i i think that's we've kind of we're kind of seeing a dichotomy um mm. in in the juniors against these larger indices and again that sets up an opportunity in the juniors because looking at the larger indices they're telling you that you know that a bottom is probably in
0: uh, one of the things i've noticed the last couple of days here is volume uh, and you kind of mentioned it here we are in the midst of tax loss selling season and so sometimes you got to take volume with a grain of salt but you know a couple of juniors that I pay pretty close attention to the last couple of days has seen tremendous amount of volume uh, you know for example I think yesterday or two days ago Nucor traded four or five times their average volume uh, Kingfisher Metal traded an incredible multiple of their volume uh, I believe what was the other one uh, he- Helio Star I think was one that had Uh, higher volume, Uh, unfortunately, that was a little bit to the downside. But I'm just, you know, are you how closely are you paying attention to volume? And if you are, you know, do you kind of take it, you know, as a grain of salt
1: here knowing what time of the year we're in with tax loss? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, And I – because I could take it a number of different ways with volume. I think generally volume is kind of less important – as an indicator because 20 or 30 years ago you didn't have all this high frequency trading, all this computer trading, um, you know, all all these, this program trading in advance, you know, if if this goes up a penny or whatever, I'm going to short it or buy. So you, I think all that kind of stuff has obfuscated, uh, volume as an indicator. I think prior to all that stuff, Volume as an indicator was a lot more useful, but nevertheless, um, I think I, I think it just it speaks to you know your examples there speak to what I said before, which is we could be seeing tax loss selling in these stocks. You know, maybe may, well, maybe it's a combination of people see the market going up and there's some more buying coming in, and at the same time, there's other shareholders who. You know they got in at, at much higher levels, and you know they're thinking, well, I only have a month left to sell this, so I'm, I'm going to bail out. So I think that, I think that's what speaks to, the volume being so high in a number of individual juniors. I mean, certainly if you see, if you see stocks moving up, on, big volume, and then it's kind of sustained on big volume. That's, I mean, that can be a tell uh, that there's a real change going on in a new uptrend um so that i mean that's how i would look at it
0: uh even equinox gold major volume highest daily volume they've had in a couple of years it looks like pretty it's really fascinating stuff um jordan you know i I know we're kind of strapped for time here you're trying to get out the door i want to respect that but uh, give us something that you you know you're really paying attention to here over the next couple of days? I mean, is it more or less just the action in the metals price? Is there a specific technical item that uh, you're paying close attention to? What do you want to see?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I haven't been, nothing has really piqued my interest in the last couple of weeks, but I'll throw out normally what I look at and one thing. Um, you know, normally you want to see gold outperforming the stock market, you want to see the stocks outperforming the stock market. And the stocks have been leading in the last month or two, so that that's been a good sign. I mean, we touched on that the last time we talked. Um, I, one thing is, I I do want to see precious metals. I don't want to say decouple from commodities, but on a macro fundamental level, it seems like you know you know that this is dollar weakness. I mean, it's, it's helping all hard assets across the board. But I I think the I may be reading too much into it now, but the Larger macro view right now may be, it's basically kind of a stagflation, but not recession. And I think in that kind of environment, energy, you know, base metals, those things are going to perform best. So not necessarily precious metals and gold. I mean, silver will outperform gold in that kind of environment. If we shift in the coming months to a more recessionary environment Um, I think that's what's needed to get gold to really really make a move and really begin a bull market. I'm not saying it hasn't bottomed. It's possible that it's bottomed and the worst is over. But for gold and silver as well, to a lesser degree, but for, for precious metals to really make a bull market move, we're going to have to see more economic weakness. We're going to have to see the stock market move lower, and eventually the Fed's going to have to ease policy. Of course, nobody's talking about that yet. But I'm just looking out three to six months. The, those are the things that are needed for precious metals to really outperform strongly. I mean, the the kind of environment that... And I, I could be wrong. I could be reading too much into it. But if the if the environment that we're in now is kind of a stagflation but not yet recession, you know, weak economic growth but not yet recession, that's the kind of environment where... And you know, oil, copper, those types of things, are probably going to perform better than gold. So I think, you know, we always, we always, technical and chart guys will never tell you this, but I mean, it's something I look at. I'm always thinking about what's the larger driver here, what's the macro fundamental story, and so to me, that's, I'll in the you know coming weeks, I'll be looking to see if there's any hint of, I mean, are we in the same situation now, or are we going to move into a narrative where if the economy is a lot weaker and the Fed has to stop and then ease policy, um, that's a situation where gold is really going to outperform. So I I think that's an important thing that we all have to think about heading into the new year. Maybe a little bit of a fear trade once again. Yeah. I mean, it's, I I don't, yeah, I'm not a fan of the fear trade, uh, moniker, but I mean, that that's fair to say because it's a gold does well in a fear trade when, the market is sensing easier policy is going to have to come about because the economy is very weak mm. um, if you see the stock market obviously it's in a bit of a rally now i mean some people think it could go a little bit higher um and i, I don't think it's at risk of breaking below 3500 the s p in the next you know month or so but um if the s p breaks below 3500 in the next you know two three four months that's going to be really bullish for precious metals because yes it is going to be a fear trade and money will go into gold because if the S&P breaks below that level, it's clear we're in a recession. It's clear they're going to have, to, you know, the market's going to start thinking about when are they going to cut rates. So that's that's the setup to me where it, it's a no-brainer that gold is in a bull market and it's going to move much, much higher. Uh, I, I don't think we can quite say that here and now, but at the same time, it is it is possible that the worst is over.
0: All right. well, we'll leave it at that. Jordan, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Uh, we'll catch you here in the next couple weeks.
1: Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right, everybody. Uh, that's it for today. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Be well. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein